Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Satan hates God's people. Satan hates the land of Israel. But God said, I will protect my people and my land. Now let me explain something to you. God does not hate Arabs. We don't hate Arabs. We don't hate Muslims. We love Muslims. We love Arabs. God does. He died for the whole world. So we pray for all people. See, God loves them. But God told us, instructed us, as believers, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Satan is committed to the destruction of God's people. He uses nations in this world as his arm of destruction to try to destroy Israel. However, God has committed himself to the protection of Israel. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us of both Satan's commitment to Israel's destruction and God's commitment to her protection. While Satan may be using the Arab nations and Muslims as enemies of Israel, Pastor Mark reminds us that we are not to hate them. God calls us to pray for all people. We're to pray for Israel, but we're also to pray for her enemies as well. God is the one who will protect his people. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Understanding the Signs of the Times. Well, the seven-year tribulation is a time that you and I have never seen. It's a time of God's wrath on this world. His wrath will come, and during that seven years, a lot of things will take place. The revived Roman Empire in Europe will form a coalition. Out of that coalition, a man will arise, totally demonized from Satan, called the Antichrist. He will bring peace, amazingly, between the Jews and the Arabs. Can you imagine that? I'm talking about real peace. And he will build, he will allow the Jews to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. By the way, during this seven years, there's a halfway point. The last part of it, God's wrath comes. I read a little about that. Skies will turn black, the moon blood. One half of the world will die. Now, we're a little over over six and a half billion people. Can you imagine that? In this period of time? Now, when this Antichrist comes to rule... Israel as a nation will go, finally Christ came. They will rebuild the temple. It'll be in Jerusalem. It'll be wonderful until midway. The Antichrist sets up an image of himself and says to the people of the world, bow down and worship me. The spiritual eyes of the Jews are open and they go, "Uh uh-oh, he is not the Christ. And that's the abomination that causes desolation. From that... Well, 
just all hell breaks loose on the world. The Jews have to scatter, some to Petrus, whatever. God sends angels and, and the gospel is preached. I'm not going to go into all the detail because we'll get that when we get to Matthew 24. But then what happens is at the end of that tribulation, when all the world comes to destroy Israel, Jesus comes back. That's his second coming. He comes back to this earth. Actually, his feet land in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. And uh, there's a little bit of scrimmage. That's done. Then there's a thousand years of peace on earth, like the Garden of Eden. You and I are coming back. Notice who comes back with Jesus. If you're a Christian, you come back with Jesus. And we rule and reign this earth with our new heavenly body. Now, as that happens, we go through a thousand years of peace. At the end of a thousand years, by the way, during that time, Satan's been bound up and man has to obey God. But at the end, he's released for a little time. There's more rebellion. A lot of people join him. Finally, he's destroyed for the very last time. God comes, puts him in with all the unbelievers into something called the lake of fire. And then God says, I'm done with this world. I'm done with the heavens. He creates, destroys them all and gives us a brand new heaven and earth. Why? Because there will no longer be any sin element, not even a a smell of sin. It's gone. And we shall forever live with the Lord. Now that's, that's the picture. That's the picture of what's going to happen. Now as you see that, I want you to see, and you have to write this down, the church age then ends with the signless event of the rapture. There is no sign that shows us when the rapture's coming. But there are lots of signs that show us when the tribulation's coming. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say that you don't know when Thanksgiving is. All you know is it comes before Christmas, but you don't know when it is. I know you know when it is. Just go along with me. So... Linda and I were out shopping, and all the Christmas trees are out, and the lights are out. It's probably August already, knowing our community, right? <laughs> when you see all these signs of Christmas, I say to my wife, Thanksgiving's coming. She says, are you crazy? These are the signs of what? Christmas. But I say to her, well, I don't know when Thanksgiving's coming, but I know that Thanksgiving's before Christmas. So if I see the Christmas signs... I know that before Christmas is going to be Thanksgiving. Very good. So here we are. So it makes sense to you. Thanksgiving has no sign. The rapture has no sign. But we're going to see this morning Christmas or the end of the tribulation or the second coming has lots of signs. So if I see the signs of the second coming and the tribulation, I know before those things happen, what's coming? Thanksgiving or the rapture. So it's very clear. If I start seeing the signs of the seven-year tribulation and the second coming of Jesus, then I know, even though the rapture is silent, I know it's what? Very close. So that's the signs we're going to look at today. Does it make sense to you? That's the signs we're going to look at today. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 24. We'll be back to 16. Just put your finger there for a second. In Matthew 24, Jesus just talked about In verses 1 and 2, we'll start in verse 3. He talked about the future to his disciples. They were standing around the incredible temple that Herod had finished adding on to. And Jesus says this, Before long, not one stone will remain upon another. And of course, if you've ever been there, and we've seen some of the walls when we're in Israel, 
you look at that thing and say, Giuseppe's probably thinking, what? And he says, not one stone. In other words, Jerusalem, the temple is going to be destroyed. It was prophetic. It's around 30, 31, 32 AD. In 70 AD, the entire temple was destroyed. See, God's prophecy is always true. So as he's doing that, they leave there and they go about an hour away to the Mount of Olives. Look in verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Hey, tell us. Notice what they're asking. When will this happen? Well, what they're talking about there, when will this happen, is when will the temple be destroyed? Of course, he talked about it that later, how it will be. Then they said, and... If you're talking about destruction and things in the future, what will be the sign of your coming back to this earth? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? You know, we see these movies called The End of the World and we laugh, ha, 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 ha. There is an end of our world coming. It's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. And so Jesus answered, watch this, watch out that no one deceives you. Now, who would like to deceive us from knowing what Bible prophecy is and being ready for the Lord? Satan, because he's the great deceiver. So he says to his disciples, make sure that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and, and will deceive many. Notice, he warns them, but many people will get deceived. You will hear of rumors and wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Now nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. The key verse is verse 8. The key word is this. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Circle the word beginning. What is Jesus talking about? Jesus says, I'm going to give you some signs about when the temple is going to do, and then I'm going to show you some signs relating to the end of the world and my second coming. He relates these signs to a process. It's a process like a birth. Now, notice he talks about birth pains. The only one that can understand birth pains are you ladies. Us guys don't get it. Uh, I understand a little bit about birth pains because when I was uh, back in Michigan, when I was, I was a director of pharmacy at this little teeny hospital, and uh, twice in the first couple years I just got out of college, uh, a lady came in the emergency room and had to be rushed to uh, surgery and have a C-section, and so the OB doctor was in there, and another lady walks in just bulging with a baby. I had to deliver two babies. So I got in there and you know, did my thing. I've never been trimmed, man. It wasn't too hard. Just boom, and here we're there. So I, I heard him going, ah, I knew what pain was, even though I wasn't experiencing it. <laughs> now, I'm old enough, and, and even in those days later, I, I dropped ether from some doctors that delivered moms. Now, I wasn't that old, but the doctor was, ether. Now, why'd they do ether? Well, because of pain. So you ladies know what pain's like, don't you? So what is the illustration? Well, the illustration is this. As a woman gets near term, how do we know that the birth is coming? Well, these, all of a sudden, your wife might go, ooh. And if you're sharp, you go, "Uh uh-oh. Something's going to happen, right? And so she has this, ooh, that was a tinge. And then pretty soon, maybe a few hours later, they begin to do what? They get closer and closer and closer together. And she doesn't go like, ooh. She goes, ah! And you know, 
What's happening? You know that burst's coming, don't you? You better get her to the hospital and praise God, get her drugs immediately. If some of you gal, I saw somebody walking in. She's down in this area here. She's really pregnant. I'm sorry. I didn't. I mean, scare you. Some of you might, wives might be thinking to your husband, we want another child. You're not getting any. Forget it. Don't do that. Don't do that. So what is Jesus saying? He says the signs of the times. Oh, you're going to see wars and pestilence. I'll go through all this in a moment. You're going to see those things. Don't get too anxious. But you better perk up when you see them happening closer and closer, more frequent, more frequent, the intensity's worse, 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 because the birth of the messianic age is coming. See, that's, that doesn't matter if you don't understand the birth thing. You do that. And so what Jesus says is, watch out, because you're going to see these signs that come. Let me give you some signs this morning, and you won't have time to write it all down. Let me go through these quickly. Number one, in that passage, and more in Matthew 24, I won't take time today, and also uh, Mark chapter 13, what do we hear? What should we be looking for as the end times approach, specifically the tribulation the second coming of Jesus. Remember, the rapture has no sign. But if we see these things coming, then the rapture is even closer. First of all is religious deception. The Bible says in the last days, Christians will just leave the faith. They'll walk away. They'll get deceived. They'll think of this, that, and the other, and they'll just walk away. And then it says in the last days, there'll be dead religion. In fact, the Bible says it like this. Men will... Say the right words. You can come to church. It's a nice thing to do. And it's going to be this formal, neat stuff. Thanks for being here. But there's no changed lives. There's no power. It says the church will be dead. In fact, the reason it's going to be dead is many churches will deny biblical truth. By the way, do you see that happening? Sure you do. You say, I don't see it happening. Then wake up because it's happening. Next. Social and political people. There's going to be wars and more wars and wars closer and closer together. We've always had them, but look at what's happening. And then terrorists. You know, if you would have said to me in the 60s when I was getting out of college, terrorists in America, I'd say to you, what are you, terrorists? What's a terrorist? By the way, do you think we're through with the terrorists? Well, America's safe, aren't we? I mean, I take my shoes off before I get on the airplane. I'm safe. Guys, wake up. We're not safe. So there's going to be more of this. Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, they're going to be all over the place. They're in our country right now. It's going to be worse. And then there's going to be natural calamities. Have you ever, if you watch, we've never seen. Out west, thousands of acres are being burned. Up north, flooding. Down here, we got hurricanes. You go overseas, you got tsunamis that we've never seen before. And you got all this stuff. And then pestilences. AIDS, the bird flu, the skin disease that just rots off you. Do you think we're through with those? Oh, not at all. There's going to be more and more. In fact, the Bible says we're going to be filled with perplexity. We don't know how to solve this stuff. Next, worldwide chaos. There'll be disloyalty, dissolution of the family. Do you know the family's dissolving right as we look at it? You see, the family is the foundation of the world. Do you know the family is dissolving in the church just as bad as it is in the world? And the reason it's dissolving in the church is because the church people, people that call themselves Christians, have no commitment to their marriage. You'll never survive in your marriage unless you're committed to it. 
Well, I took those vows, but whatever, it's just too difficult. No, you have to be committed to it. And of course, part of that is the lawlessness and the moral corruption, the homosexual agenda. We love homosexuals. We love lesbians. We love sinners. We love people that are living in adultery. We love all of those people. We hate your sin. Not one sin's better and worse than the others. They're just sins. But guys, you can't be living in sin, morally wrong, and expect to go in the rapture. It will not happen. Last, if there's anything you want to pay attention to as a sign to the end times, Keep your eye on Israel, Jerusalem, and the new temple that's going to be built in Jerusalem. You say, why? Well, because in the Middle East, God's people, God's land is the nation of Israel. Remember back in the old days, God, we talked about this last week, I'll go through it very quickly. God picked a group of people, took Abraham, and then he formed a nation, Israel. He gave them land, and he told them it would be theirs forever. Isn't it amazing they continue to give it back to the Arabs? Well, the reason it happened is, you remember the story, Abraham got ahead of God, and, and Isaac and Ishmael, that's where this whole war started. It's continuing today. This little teeny sliver of land. I mean, really sliver piece of land. Pastor Mark, you you telling me I need to watch that because that's where biblical history is focused on? Exactly. Now you remember when Jesus said in 70 AD the temple to be destroyed? Well, it was. Jerusalem was totally wiped out. People were scattered all around the world. And we see over and over in biblical history, we see that God was going to bring his people back to the nation of Israel. Back in the 30s and the 20s and the 1800 people laughed at it. Oh yeah, biblical prophecy, yeah, sure, right. Na- Israel, scattered all of them, they're going to come back to the nation. They don't have any, they don't have a nation. They're going to be a nation again. What are you, crazy? In fact, look, at, I'm going to read you something. You want to write this verse down, Isaiah 66, 8. Isaiah 66, 8. Let me read you from Old Testament. A thousand years before all of this happened, the temple destroyed and Israel disbanded. Listen to what it says. Who has ever seen or heard of anything as strange as this? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? But by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, the baby will be born. The nation will come forth. So Isaiah said there's a day that man has never seen that the nation of Israel will be born in a day. Now that's ridiculous. Except it happened. In 1948... In one day, the nation of Israel, by UN Charter, was given their land back in one day. Do you know what happened on that day? I was reminded of it. I've forgotten. On that day in 1948, when Israel became a nation again, every Arab country around them entered to destroy them. See, the battle for Israel will never, ever end. It's the Arabs against Israel. Arabs are being ruled by Satan. Satan hates God's people. Satan hates the land of Israel. But God said, I will protect my people and my land. Now let me explain something to you. God does not hate Arabs. We don't hate Arabs. We don't hate Muslims. We love Muslims. We love Arabs. God does. He died for the whole world. So we pray for all people. See, God loves them. 
But God told us, instructed us, as believers, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Do you know that the Jews in Jerusalem today are basically agnostics? The majority of Jews in Israel don't believe the Bible, don't practice the Bible, could care less about Jesus, have nothing to do with biblical prophecy. Well, then why would God protect these? Because during the tribulation, their eyes are going to be opened. And millions of Jews are going to come to the Lord. Some do now. We have messianic things. But millions are going to come to the Lord. Who's the main enemy of Israel? You think it's Iraq? No, you're wrong. The country you want to look toward is Iran. Iran is the main enemy in the, in the Middle East of Israel. They hate Israel. I don't have time this morning. Just do a little study in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. And you're going to see there's a war coming at the beginning of the tribulation where Russia and many of these middle nations are going to come against Israel. God's going to destroy them and keep them from taking Israel. That's not the battle of Armageddon. That's just a prelude of what's going to happen. Guys, it's lining up perfectly. Now let's go back to the next one. It is not a war about oil. It is not a war about money. It is not a war about politics. It's a spiritual war. The goal, we will not be satisfied until we wipe Israel off the map. That's the goal. That's the goal of all of these people. Now, is God going to allow it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Let me show you what it'll be like after the millennium or toward the millennium. Here's another verse. Watch this. Amos 9. I love it. This is the final fulfillment of God's prophecy. All through the Bible, he says, I'm going to make sure that the land that I gave to Abraham is going to be Israel's. Notice what it says. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. This is prophecy. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Then they will never be uprooted again. Now you tell me, do you think the land of Israel will always be God's land and he'll be there? Absolutely. Well, who said so? Hello, God did. Well, how does he know the future? Duh. So watch Israel. By the way, in 1967, Jerusalem was taken by the Jews. And where is Jesus going to come back in that second coming? He's going to plant his feet right on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And it's going to be his city. Then, you've heard of it, the Battle of Armageddon. All, it's not one battle, it's many battles are going to happen. And God's going to defeat all the enemies. As you pick up your paper, we're right in the middle of this. We're smack dab in the middle of this. This is what's happening. Things are going to get worse. Pestilences and war. The Roman Empire is already forming in Europe. We have all, you know, the little things in the chips and what. It's all in front of us. Antichrist is getting ready to come. Well, if you think of all that and you have all that in your mind, how do you live? There are many signs that Jesus points to as signs of his coming. Religious deception, social and political upheaval, natural calamities, worldwide chaos, and Israel in the Middle East. All of these play significantly into God's timetable for Jesus' coming. In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about the enemy's attempt to destroy Israel. But God will protect her and cause all things to work according to his plan because he's God. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The rapture is that great event when God will take His people out of this world in the last days. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark challenges us to make sure we're ready, but to also be helping others to be ready for the rapture. How? By learning and obeying all of the Bible. People need instruction. There is so much deception in the world. We need to preach and teach God's Word so as many can be saved at the rapture. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Right.